I'm Jasmine Moradi, and you're listening to the Queens of Tech podcast, a podcast series about raising the voice of workplace champions. 60 plus questions in around 30 minutes with women, non-binary and transgender influencers about their journey into STEM, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. I started the Queens of Tech podcast initiative in May 2022 because I would like to retain more women, non-binary and transgenders in the tech industry. Talent is out there, but our work environment needs to improve for all to feel safer, stay authentic and to be valued for our contributions. My vision is to raise the workplace ecosystem for all in the tech industry by killing the imposter syndrome, stopping bad behavior and increasing equity opportunities. Each podcast talk is built around 60 plus questions regarding upbringing, education, career path, DEIB and future advice. My mission is to bridge the gap between schools and workplaces by getting to the heart of my guest's personal life and career journey to inspire other girls, women, non-binary and transgenders to unleash their full potential to reach top leadership roles in the tech industry. My goal is to raise the voice of tech champions around the world and together with companies, investors and politicians, raise the challenges and opportunities around equity, inclusive diversity and belonging in our workplaces. Enough is enough. I would like to enforce companies to build a sustainable, inclusive culture to retain diverse talent so we keep the workplace power equity to continue building future diverse and inclusive products. Your voice matters. In this episode, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Tech Queen Nadia Karsta, Head of Industry Data and Tech at Google and co-founder and co-host of 99Humans Podcast. Hi, Nadia. Hi, so nice seeing you today. You too. I'm very happy to have you joining us from New York today. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you. I'm happy to hear. Now, let us dive into your journey into STEM. Hope you're ready for the Queens of Tech 60 plus questions. I am ready. Let's warm up with a few fun facts about you. How would you describe your personality in three hashtags? Magnetic, courageous, and generous. How would you describe your life in three sentences? A fulfilling journey towards self-actualization while leveraging my powers to transform lives and corporations by kindling hearts to generate a zeal for life. What kind of music stimulates and motivates you the most? Piano and violin. What is your personal motto? Spark your zeal. What is your favorite book? Into the Magic Shop by James Doty, which is the science behind the woo-woo of meditation and visualization. What is your favorite podcast? I would say the Lewis Owl School of Greatness. Mac or PC? Any digital device? Say something interesting about you that most people don't know. I enjoy participating in obstacle races. What is your hidden talent? I read the tarot cards. If you were going to write a book about your life, what would the title be? Start Your Zeal. Great start, Nadia. Now, let us dig deeper. Our childhood has an effect on our adulthood. Our early experiences shape our belief about ourselves, others, and the world. Now, I want to discover your childhood. Where did you grow up? Sinascola, Sardinia. 
What was your dream job as a child? Corporate leader. What was your favorite subject in school? History. What was your least favorite subject? Accounting. What is your earliest memory of technology and the arrival of the internet? My mom bought me a Commodore 64 and installed the internet in our house in 1996. Which were the three first technology gadgets you owned? A Sony PlayStation, a giant portable phone, and a Commodore 64. Who was your female role model growing up and why? I really loved my mom because she hustled all the time, working morning, afternoon, always. How do you think where you grew up and the school you went to and the generation you come from influence your education and career choice? I grew up in a very restrictive religious community that was male-dominated. However, there was a lot of public speaking and a lot of public speaking done on big stages. So while the restrictions were super limiting, it did inspire in me learning how to communicate and talk to others. And so eventually when I liberated myself, those skills helped me in the tech world. Very, very interesting. Nadia, now I'm going to read two quotes. First one, how does the universe expect me to choose a career path at 16? I can't even choose what I want for dinner. Second, Abraham Lincoln said, I quote, the best way to predict your future is to create it. So Nadia, I want to know the choices behind your career path. Where and what did you study at university? I studied in Milan and I studied communication and marketing science. Who and what influenced you to get into your chosen field? I was influenced by the fact that it was the only college that offered me a scholarship. I couldn't afford the painful studies myself and my family couldn't afford either. And so I wanted a humanistic study that could pay for my education as well. I would say that I influenced myself, but also the funds helped me. What professional roles have you had before that led you to the current one? I was a field sales representative for a French startup that was selling English training by the phone. Everybody knows Google, but with your own words, what does Google do? So Google organized the words information and make it universally accessible and useful. But I like to say that we transform the way people use technology to really meet whatever dream and desire they are wanting to achieve in their lives. What is your title and what is your main responsibilities? I'm an head of industry, data and tech in North America. And on top of driving revenue growth for our platforms, I build and maintain strong and deep customer relationships. And I do that with my team. And so I lead a team of sales professionals. And all together, we help our client transform and achieve better business objectives by using Google technology. How did you get the job? Those roles specifically, I actually interviewed when I was on maternity leave. My daughter was two months old and I was in Milan and I desperately wanted to move to America with my family. And so I found this job, I interviewed, I got a few endorsements and I got it. Wow, very impressive. And what does a typical workday look like for you? 
I'm responsible for three things in a typical work day that I do. So one is my team coaching, motivating and supporting them in all that it matters for their role. Then the second piece is my client. So making sure that I make space to go and listen and advise and really act as a trusted person for them and grow their business. And then number three is working on the processes, creating processes, editing processes and cascading processes so that my team and my client can work better together. I love the quote, choose a job you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. So Nadia, what do you love about your role? Mostly I love leading and coaching successful teams. What is the best experience you've had in your role so far? Any examples? Yeah, it's one that fills my heart. A team member that just today started a new job, sent me a note saying that thanks to my coaching and my mentoring over the course of the past 12 months, was able to believe in herself again and was able to build the life that they wanted across the country, landing the job that they desired. And what is the biggest challenge you've encountered so far and how did you tackle it? So when people take things very, very personally and they attack me verbally, displaying their anger and their frustration to me, this is a huge challenge because I give a lot. And sometimes when people lash out, I really taking it back and I don't deal well with verbal assault. It really, really hurts me. How did I tackle it? I try to practice mindfulness. I take deep breath. But most importantly, I take some distance from the event process and then I come back to the people. What do you wish everybody understood about your role? The degree of the impact of personal relationships on business results. What is the one common myth about your profession or field that you want to disapprove? That salespeople are superficial. Sometimes when I say that I'm in sales, people do a weird face. Actually, sales is very important and very deep. What do you love about working in the tech industry? I really love the prime view that we have on the future changes and the impact that we can have in navigating all the space. And if I think about generative AI and all that is happening, sometimes even one decision of one person can change the trajectory of everything else. Oprah Winfrey said, I quote, think like a queen. A queen is not afraid to fail. Failure is another stepping stone to greatness. So Nadia, what have by far been your biggest achievement in your career? For six years in a row, I got every year excellent management feedback from the people that reported to me throughout this year across two major continents. So I love that I was able to make an impact on their life and enabling their success through my leadership skills. What's the biggest factor that has helped you become successful in your success habits? I would say that the biggest factor is that I have a genuine interest and obsession about humanity and human beings. So whenever I'm with them, my habits are to be very, very present in that moment. Always keeping an eye on the future, but I'm there and present with those people. And truly deciding to believe in my inner capabilities of a caring and compassionate leader. How do you measure your own performance at work? I would say three ways, mainly number one, hardcore results, because those matter in a corporation. Number two, really qualitative feedback. Everyone can give me feedback at any time. I consider feedback a gift. And then number three, the morale of the people around me. If people have high vibrations and everyone is hustling to get what they want and really achieving, that for me, it's a wonderful measure of performance. What is your biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? 
I never shared this with anyone, so it's an exclusive for you today. When I was 30, I had a very rough relationship with my manager at the time. And so during a meeting, I completely lost it and I lashed out having a very rough anger reaction that I'm definitely not proud of. This event had a profound impact on them as well. It was inappropriate and it was completely out of place. So I learned in time that emotion and emotional management and how we take care of ourselves is actually a priority number one in the work environment as well, so that we can keep the situation manageable for all the people around us. Thank you so much for being so authentic and transparent and sharing this with us. What is inspiring and motivating you the most in your role and career right now? I really enjoy the fact that I can lead teams through this new work paradigm. I believe that the way we're shaping the future of work after the pandemic and with these generative AI solutions and the blended working from home, working in the office, really offers an opportunity for leaders to really bring compassion and kindness in the forward center when we manage team to drive business results. I do what I say, business with grace. We can be loving and compassionate while really achieving the bottom line. Let us now jump into influence on mentors, role models, champions, and sponsors. Role models can consciously or subconsciously be a powerful force in our lives. In addition, champions can stand up and advocate for us and open up the world of possibilities. Sponsors match emerging talent with leaders and influential employees who can help us move up ahead in our careers. Nadia, do you have a mentor, champion, or a sponsor today? I would say I have many. And for the people listening to the podcast, I also want to say thank you for championing me and sponsoring me and mentoring me every day. Some of these relationships are openly declared. Some others are more organic. And for me, it's very important because often we don't see ourselves as some opportunities or we might not be in certain rooms to open certain doors. And it really it encourages me to have faith in what's going on in my performance by hearing to those people how they advocate for me. Who is the female role model you look up to in your field? There are so many that I had a very hard time into this list. But the one person that I'm following lately, this is fresh of a couple of weeks, is Bosma Sanjan. Really appreciate the work that she's doing in the industry. She is the CMO of Netflix, but most importantly, she's an author and she wrote a book that is called My Urgent Life. And she really advocates for the Black class community. She's simply fantastic. I encourage everyone to follow her. History shows that it has been more common for men having mentors, champions, and sponsors in business than women. So Nadia, how important do you think it is to have a mentor, champion, or sponsor during one's career? I would say it's fundamental. You really cannot be what you cannot see. And you need inspiration and motivation every way along the way. Even if you are someone that is self-driven and you have a lot of inner energy, it is important to be able to see the people around you to really give you that North Star into where you're going. Let's move on to leadership. Dina Friedman, president and CEO of Nasdaq, said, I quote, Empowering those around you to be heard and valued makes the difference between a leader who simply instructs and one who inspires. And then Shelly Samber, ex-CEO of Facebook, said, I quote, Leadership is about making others better as a result of your presence and making sure that impact lasts in your absence. So Nadia, what does leadership mean to you? I would say it means being the trenches with the teams, showing them what good looks like and what is the North Star, but also removing roadblock and holding the space for them. 
What do you consider good versus a bad leader? I would say good seeing the individual in front of them as a whole. It's not only a business performance, so really the full array of personality and life. And a bad leader is only focusing on the work output without taking into consideration the human. Who is your favorite female tech leader and why? Our leader that I learned about lately is Ginny Rometty, former IBM CEO. I'm really amazed about what she achieved in life. How would you describe yourself as a leader? I would say caring, a futurist, and a change agent. And as a leader, what values are most important to you? I'd say the healthy disregard for the impossible, kind is better, and courage is the way. What leadership lessons have you learned that have formed you into the leader you are today? This was a lesson I learned from Yann Damonjou. I want to give him a quote. There's a French manager that I had a few years ago, and it's about genuinely caring about human. What are your three strengths and three weaknesses? Wow. So three strengths, I would say I have vision. I cut through the clutter and I have a lot of kindness. And I would say some of my weaknesses, I hate working on reports. Uh, sometimes I care too much and too deeply and that affects me on my health. And I might tend to overwork myself trying to be a perfectionist. Let us now jump into the hottest topic in business today, workplace culture, unlocking the power, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Nadia, what does diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging mean to you personally? For me, it means creating spaces and opportunities to proactive bring people in and encouraging them to be their full self by offering a declared safe space. What do you consider being three to five signs of good company culture if you were to join a company? I would say, number one, what is being told about them in the industry? There are so many tools today that people speak and talk. Number two, how the people working in this company talk to each other. So what are the relationships between the employees? Number three, what are the causes that they decide to sponsor outside of their main business goal? Number four, how leadership conduct themselves to the point of role modeling. And then number five, also their benefits. Like what are the benefits that they're offering to their employees? As a woman, what has been the most significant barrier and how have you overcome these challenges? I have to say my self-confidence is being a barrier for many, many years because I didn't grow up with strong female role models outside of my mom. I had a hard time seeing myself and what I was capable of. Why do you think it's important for more women, non-binary and transgenders to join the tech industry today? Together, we are a force of nature. Women know how to do community and we can be truly unstoppable. So the more we are, the better it is for all of us. Do you and how do you speak with your colleagues about DEIB challenges, for example, salary gaps and promotions? I believe in transparency and this might be naive. I don't know if that is making me any good, but hopefully it is. I'm very open about my salary, about my promotion cycles. I encourage others to do the same. I even helped one of my colleagues in writing an email to ask for a raise. So for me, money is part of the challenge that we need to solve. And the more I can advocate for others, the more I will continue doing it. There are many public and internal discussion about the barriers women, non-binary and transgenders face from reaching higher position in the tech industry. 
How do you feel this has affected and is affecting you? And what is your advice on how to best unblock these roadblocks? I believe it affected me a few times, especially when I was very early in my career or in the middle, like around when I was 34, 35, I'm 40 now, but I'm not afraid of staying in it. A way to unblock it for me has always been to really mapping those sponsors that we talked about earlier on. They can truly be advocate and solving for some of these challenges. Today, tech companies spend a lot of marketing money to attract women, non-binary and transgenders. However, at the same time, they're finding it hard to retain them. Articles show that women are leaving the tech industry. So what is your best advice or strategies for how companies can work to build that stronger corporate culture that engages gender diversity and equity? Some of the projects that I tried to land, I still have to work on it, is this idea of having an open sharing of the opportunities and the projects that are available at a given moment in a company to find a way to couple women and underrepresented group with strong leaders and strong sponsorships so that each other can be lifted and more space can be made from everyone. I believe that by doing that, we would solve the concept that always the same people are getting the most high visible projects and a lot of people could learn on the way. However, then, what would you say are the few challenges of implementing exactly what you were saying in a workplace today? It takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of courage and intentions. This idea is easily said, but very difficult to be executed on an operational perspective. So it does take a strong commitment from leadership and the people in position of power to landing in it. Sometimes, even if that impacts the speed and velocity of how the business is going. Why and how do you think companies would benefit from having not just women and non-binary and transgenders as leaders, but actually higher gender representation at sea level and boardrooms? I strongly believe that different set of skill set and different backgrounds and different people can really build a better future because it's about perspectives. One person can see one thing, the other person can see the other thing, and it's eventually the representation of humanity. Why wouldn't we build in corporations that don't represent what humanity is if we're offering services for the humanity itself? So the more representation and diversity it is at the top, the more these people can consciously take decisions that are impacting everyone else. How much do you think the tech industry has changed regarding the EIB since you joined? Well, thankfully, I see many more women at the top, not only white women, but also women of color and any type of gender and orientation. So that is, let's say, a hope. I still see, though, the tech industry, especially within pure technology, for example, cloud and other solutions, being very male and white. So I think we still have a lot to do. There is progress, which makes me hopeful, but the battle is still ongoing. Looking back on your career, what one thing would you have changed in your working environment to break bias? I would probably leaned in a little bit earlier with my assertiveness and my confidence in believing in my powers. Looking forward, what will you do as a leader to improve the bias to the next generation of women, non-binary and transgenders in tech? 
It's basically what I'm doing with Spark Your Zeal, which is openly talk about what are the challenges that we face, being vulnerable about the setbacks that I had in my life and the obstacles, and offering the space for people to be mentored and coached and supported as they are in their own journey. Let us move on to another hot topic in business today, which is work-life balance and mental health. Nadia, you have, without a doubt, a busy lifestyle. How do you take care of yourself to maintain good mental health? It's an hashtag, which is hashtag SMSJ, which stands for sleep, which is a non-negotiable, moving my body every day, making sure my self-care, which include my spiritual practices, are observed and respected, and find ways to be joyful every day with a gratitude heart. Have you ever experienced burnout? Several, several times. Support networks have been fundamental. Therapist and having a coach and a strong family, my partner with me. But also I found the pleasure of meditation and what was the impact of that in my brain. What is your advice on how companies can create a more mentally healthy workplace in a new now? Number one, really actively share with people that it's okay to not be okay. We don't have to be superstars every day, all the time. Number two, having role models walking the talk. So people in position of power talking about it. Company-wide days off. This is one of my favorite and I think is very effective. And also tell people to take their vacation. We shouldn't be allowed to carry over our vacation so that we are encouraged to use those days. And last but not least, I would require for everyone to have a coach and a therapist on a monthly basis because I've seen the real impact of those relationships. What motivates you every day to get out of bed? I believe that we are spirits in our bodies momentarily being on this planet Earth. So living a full life on this planet and creating magical experiences for the people around me, including my family, my co-workers and the people in the industry and beyond is what really motivates me. Now, let us wrap up with a few words of wisdom and a piece of advice for our listeners. Nadia, what is the best piece of advice you've been given that has helped you during setbacks in your role and career? Number one is be yourself instead of trying to be a washed up version of someone else. And then number two, surround yourself with people smarter than you that can help you getting where you want to go. And then what is the worst advice you've ever been given and how did you tackle that? Be content with what you have. This was the worst advice that I got. How I tackled it, letting that go, really creating that filter to refocus on myself. Is there something you wish you would have known or a skill you wish you had when starting out in the tech industry? I would say the ability to zoom out and see the bigger picture of my life without constantly panicking about the day to day. I learned that a little bit later in life, and I feel that if I would have lived from early on with that, I would have been a way more relaxed in the people. If you had the ability to go back in time to when you were just at the beginning of your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? I would say to her that it's okay to take a break and have more fun along the way. You're going to be okay, Nadia, and you are loved. What advice would you give to young girls, women, non-binary or transgenders who want and trying to break into STEM fields today, especially wanting to become next generation leaders? 
I'm sure that everyone is already mastering the art course skills, taking that college study, that degree of that extra course. And so on top of that, what I would say is really invest the time to know yourself deeply, understand what your needs are and what enables top performance for the way you function and make sure you honor that and you make that a non-negotiable. Last but not least, what is next for you in your role and career in tech? What are your career aspirations? I continue to enjoy my Google days since I have a prime view and perspective of what is going on in the mondo technology. And I want to continue using my skills and powers to create more lifting programs for people that are around me, women, underrepresented group, and everyone that can use a little bit of spark or zeal. And I do have a big dream, which is to writing that book that we were talking about. And you will. You are such an inspirational, Nadia. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Queens of Tech podcast. Sharing your journey will, without a doubt, inspire change and reshape company culture for the next generation of women, non-binary, and transgender leaders. Amazing being here with you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you have worked in the tech industry a minimum of three years and would like to share your journey, please nominate yourself or somebody you know to i at jasminemoradi.com. For more podcast episodes and to learn more about the Queens of Tech initiative and to support us, visit Queens of